Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, hello. Leavers and believers, combinations, variations, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for joining us for part two of this conversation, Tulips and the Monster They Created. I really love this part of the conversation the most. As regular listeners would know, Grace has not yet been ready to share her side of the story, her observations and her experiences. And we got talking this afternoon when we recorded and you'll hear she's got a lot to share with us in time and she shares some of that today and I think it'll really speak to a lot of people. My name is Tanya and both Grace and I have social work as our training. So it's been a little haphazard, but that's kind of how... We talk in the field, it's quite eclectic and a mixture of this and that and I'll post the links to the various theories we've been discussing as well as the posts on social media. Thanks so much for sticking around. You know, they say with content creation that consistency is key, which is, yeah, why sometimes if a pod doesn't arrive, don't you worry about a thing. We've got so much more good stuff coming up. 
topics that I think will really speak to people and really just assist with, you know, pulling this stuff apart and looking at what's happened. Just to let you know, we're going to be discussing substance use in this discussion and its integration in Hillsong Church life. So kick back and I hope you enjoy part two of Leaving Hillsong's Tulips and the Monster They Created. Are you alive still, Grace? You alive there? Still with us? Yep. It's just such an interesting unfolding of events. We've got really no idea who's making the decisions and pulling the strings behind the scenes, really nothing recent that anybody knows about. Well, you know, Brian and Bobby seem to be at a tulip festival in Seattle or something. Uh, you know, there's this huge organisation that's who knows what, being led by some guy who, like, you know, we need to see an end to these beanies and that haircut. Something needs to happen there. Some kind of intervention needs to be staged. It it can't go on. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Come on. Can't George do something for once? Yeah, they had a, um, they actually in the midst of all this a couple of weeks ago, they had a staff retreat in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, which is a, a wine tasting area. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, if a, for a place where the leader has just said alcohol is not my friend, to then kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're laughing or crying, all the posts that came out of that, you know, they're having a good time while like, you know, this volcano of distress is erupting everywhere else. Uh, having a bit of a staff retreat. Bit of a good time. Staying at, you know, good hotels. Yep, sure are. And, and again, not having the, you know, the overriding insight not to kind of advertise at all. Um, I know they must need a break, but it's really interesting how things changed. I don't know what you make of it, but, I mean, we were raised with such strict no alcohol for anyone ever. Um, those were the sort of rules, like it was just so frowned upon, drinking, smoking, drugs, anything. And then I think there was a shift in the early 90s where Brian had said people could have the occasional glass of Yes, and that coincided with him being the president of ACCC. Okay, that early. Okay. When was that? Sorry, the ACCC, when did that happen? Well, he became the president. What I've, I think we've rehashed this before, that I I was told by someone who, who had studied at Hillsong College and has connections with con- other countries in the South Pacific and the AOG is there, like, and they said that it was quite well known across the networks, you, you know, in those other countries that, you know, there was this change in the blood alcohol content needed to be respected with the states and right. the law in terms of driving a car. Right, yep. So, so that's where it, the rule was. They had to change their policies and adjust to all that. Yeah, they couldn't. But, I, I mean, who's breathalyzing pastors? 
I mean, and are you saying that they're only allowed to drink to an extent and drive? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like are they only allowed to drink to a certain point, which is the same amount that they are allowed to drive affected by alcohol or oh, is see, that yeah. across or the board, you know, or, or are they just saying across the board you're never allowed to go beyond the blood alcohol content of whatever it is in your state that is right. legal to drive? Yeah. I'm sure it was explicit and I'm sure an ex-pastor would would jump on and confirm this, but, you know, that's kind of it was well known that it was under Brian's presidency that okay. that that law, that law was in place. It didn't mean that they couldn't cross it. I mean, I'm sure people at times got drunk, but it's about changing, rubbing that line out and making it yeah. okay yeah. to drink, have a drink. Yeah. Whereas before it was complete abstinence. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it, it it does really concern me that when you step back and think about whatever happened in the hotel in 2019 where there was drinking and, you know, other reports have made it clear that, you know, there's a real drinking culture that I didn't know about and there's a status attached to it. So, you know, obviously only certain people get to drink with high-up leaders and it just really saddens me to look around and think that there might be this this whole legacy that the the Houstons have created of a drinking culture because there's you know you look at the the kind of more famous incidents that have come out and you know you've got Jason Mays drunk at a party and Brian defends that as just a drunk guy like all those kinds of high profile ones and there's a you know a lot of people that struggle with alcohol it makes me wonder why they've hired and out yeah. clubs to have yeah services in if yeah, totally what are and they thinking now you telling me that too just makes me laugh because also we can't forget that you know they've had this teen challenge 180tc yeah. organization that sat with aligned with you know Hilson Church for years Absolutely, and so and you get people trying to make make their uh, lives better by getting a hold of addiction, and them claiming they are a a treatment program essentially for those you know listening from overseas a rehab. And they do have to go to Hillsong Church on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know. But what with such double standards will save you from alcoholism? You know what I mean? And substance abuse. But yeah, program. But then we'll be we're allowed to drink because we can control ourselves. We can control the storyline, and the alcohol flows at the fundraisers as well for these places. I mean, it's just you know, it's a huge issue. Obviously, alcohol consumption, but it's just it's such a a huge shift from what it was. And if you look back and think that so much of what has happened has has occurred under the influence of alcohol in this place. People who were and can I drunk? Yeah, well, can I say as well, like being a volunteer across those years of it, I mean, really, it was I'm shocked. I'm shocked to be honest. That the well, the first time I ever heard of a pastor having displayed a wine cabinet in their house and bringing all the team you know, uh, the, right. the staff under right. them as well as volunteer, key volunteers over 
I was shocked to see that it was presented because at that point in time, I mean, look, I can't tell you what the timeline was. It could have been 2013, around that era, 2014. But at that point in time, I remember being shocked to see that because it's still at that point, it was not acceptable to get drunk and party. I mean, look, I knew I was going to have a glass at some point, but I didn't think pastors who were, you know, the lead pastors of, you know, of a, of a, of a large community age stage in the, in, in the church at Hills. And, and, you know, we all know that the church, the, the pastors of departments in the church at Hills always had that kind of hierarchy when it came to conference. You know, we were beyond city campus. We were beyond all the other campuses. We were the, you know, we were the mothership. So, you know, they they came with a lot of a lot more hierarchy than anyone else, and and they were the ones that Brian would always pick from his own garden, who would go on to bigger and better things. You know, so I just found that really interesting. So, for me, looking back at, I remember that moment being invited to that pastor's house, thinking, well, there must be a drinking culture. Like, they must be okay to do that. Because at that point in time, I thought it was abstinence, complete abstinence. Well, that, that's that's what we'd always been taught. It was so frowned upon as well, you know. So yeah, I mean, look, Laurie used to preach about her having these encounters and like in the club. And now Brian woke up one day and huh? he knew his daughter was in the bed. Well, she, rem- I remember her. She always refers to this in her messages and and. She's used it in a number of different messages over the years and she always tells the young people about the time that she was going to go to the club in King's Cross. Uh-huh. And she went and she wanted her friends to take her there. I think she was like fresh 18 um, and she just wanted to see what it was like. And, um, and uh, the story goes is that Brian woke up in the middle of the night and messaged his PA or whoever and was like, where's my daughter? And they were like, she's here. And they're like, no, she, he's like, no, she isn't. She's somewhere else. Like, something's not right. Oh. And obviously they'd found her and she was at King's Cross and she got into big trouble by Brian and whatever. But Laura kind of uses that as her like little story of temptation by the world. Okay. And then, okay. But it always was coupled with the, Sorry. it was always married with the idea that it was abstinence. Right, like yeah. I just—it surprises yeah. me that ye, only the recent years that they've been posting with a red wine. I mean, I remember—I remember youth leaders getting reprimanded, explicitly reprimanded, and spoken to because there was a wine, a glass, sorry, glass of wine, on a table in a photo mm. in a story. Oh, people were shredded. People were were absolutely shredded when they'd come back after the weekend and and again is a glass of wine warranting to being drunk where was the line well and and youth leaders were always told they weren't allowed i heard in recent years under pk pk who was he is the most recent counselor sorry most recent youth pastor of wildlife and he's been there for a little while he's now been told to go to um frontline because Harrison Little or someone else has resigned and there's a bit of a shuffle around. I heard that the youth ministry under PK, they didn't have those sort of rules. 
And um, I heard youth leaders weren't even rocking up to youth because they were partying in town. And, I mean, back in the day, if that happened, you were on a one-strike policy. Wow. You okay. were given one warning and then you were out. And I'm telling you, the, I mean, we're 19, 20, 21. What do you think kids do in Australia and in Sydney? You know, and you know what is also interesting at that point? I know I'm going a bit on a thread here, and this is about rules and abstinence and culture, is that city campus seemed to always have more tolerance for that stuff because they would get round the corner from bars. Okay. Yeah. They would actually go to bars okay. and have their hangouts there. And I'd be like, that is well, unbelievable because if we went to the Fiddler or to the Edamoga Pub or Hillside Tavern right. yeah. or Castle Hill Club, I mean, right. we, we'd be... Oh my god, we had to we had to hide our photos. And, right. You know, okay. we'd have to we'd have to have like a no social media policy. I mean, it was it was based on fear. Yeah. You know, we're not allowed to do this because we're so deviant. I mean, I mean, what we're, we're adults, we're over 18, we're responsible people. I mean, we can make our own choices. But, you know, we were treated as children, you know, no matter how age, how old we were. It, we had to be conditioned. Well. Um, to behave in a way that would be in alliance with what they wanted of us. But, no, it seems like the pastors never held themselves to that. Well, it, it seems to be right through now. And the issue with that is, oh, and, you know, all good for a celebration here and there or something, but where are the supports for the people that it's not working for? So, you know, if you are not managing with your alcohol, you know, get in touch or something because it, it looks like it's only good times. And I, well, I had to wonder what kind of kickbacks there were with the wineries when they were there on their staff retreat or. Well, yeah, well, the funny, the funny thing is, is I heard of another overseas and um, a whole bunch of one campus or extension service went over and there was like a bar tab and I think, or maybe unlimited alcohol. And there was a massive fallout. I think there was a significant number of leaders there and they all okay. they all got drunk. And the pastors that were representing representing at that um from that campus actually stood all the leaders down. Well yeah. my, my how things have changed until twenty nineteen at the Pullman Hotel. It, you've got to wonder, I mean, I I've been wondering who would still work for this organization or attend this organization? Oh, no. Since well, since March. And I'll I mean it's you know, these are some kind of big issues for people. Like it's their whole lives and stuff. I, I Well, I think a lot of people feel robbed. I mean, they feel robbed of their own freedoms and ability to make choices. And I mean, I mean, teaching it, you know, teaching the, the topic of age development. And looking at, you know, risk-taking and, and, yeah, and identity yeah. formation and figuring out who. You- Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Who are and who do you want to be? I mean, I mean, in some ways, I mean, non-Christians have said to me, at least your environment was not introducing to you drugs and alcohol and and you know addictions and abuse and I'm like I understand that side of the coin but on the other side of the coin I experience the the drip of water that taps onto the stone for years and years and years and eventually chips away at that stone and creates a groove and I think the subliminal less extroverted version of violence and abuse of power and you know control is still significant of course you it's really hard to to sit there and think oh well it did a world of good I mean at the time it seemed like it did a world of good but really I mean and this is something that I hear from people so often and I actually did want to talk about it a bit people talk a lot about this great sense of regret like you say being robbed having worked really hard for something that wasn't what they thought it was and you know they feel deceived and they feel so much shame and regret and I I think that's so sad because you know good deeds are good deeds aren't they and character building stuff is you know character building I know it's hard when it's been 20 years and so much money and time has gone in but I really wonder if that regret isn't all part of the programming, you know, that if you leave, your life's going to be terrible and, you know. Yeah, exactly. What a waste of time everything would be. And I think that's the one thing that I personally experienced. I would 100% say that I experienced that. It was so hard to let go because I felt like if I walked away from it all, then my whole life was, all that part of my life was wasted. Right. Those years, yep, those yep. those conferences, all those things that I did just became worthless, meaningless yeah, yeah. because it was all a fraud and maybe not all of it was. And I'm sure I know there's been amazing moments and it's given me amazing skills in, 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 in running events and entertainment um, and looking after, you know, the stars. I mean, you know, and, and and considering a whole range of things that that Hillsong did represent and did allow you to build skills in, so they were transferable experiences. But it's about the personal identity formation. It's being told your dreams are significant and that you are the one that God's chosen, and then 
in one moment, one person can absolutely destroy any opportunity of that moving forward because they're jealous or because they've found out something you've morally done wrong, you know. I think as well what makes it even worse is the amount of cover-up and lying that some of God's chosen have luckily been able to get away with. Well, And for me, the sense of justice, I mean, that just absolutely livers me. I don't think necessarily a pastor should be completely abstinent from everything. I think that we are, I think the church has been projecting very unhealthy, concrete, black and white ideas around sex, around consuming things. I mean, look, we're probably terrible consumers, even though we might say don't drink alcohol. We're saying buy this, buy that, turn this into your drug, really. Be addicted to God's word. You know what I mean? Like it's it's replacing it with something else. And at the end of the day, the human condition is the human condition. We're all flawed. We always deserve respect and love and, and, you know, we're all searching for it. I'm not a great believer in the addictive personality theory. I think most people have compulsive behaviours when they get passionate about something and, you know, some people channel it differently to others. You know, half the world are just plain old workaholics and we we don't hold them up. But that's so interesting. I was having a having a conversation with uh, an author called Devon and Hubert this week in the States and we will meet him later in the season. And, I, you know, we were talking about people leaving and how they leave and what the costs are. And he said, you know, maybe people just don't have an exit strategy. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like it's, you know, we're here talking about leaving Hillsong all the time, but we haven't really addressed how. So that's something else. Yeah, that's a good one. Want to get stuck into, yeah, because this is, you know, very much like a, a family violence or domestic violence situation or relationship and I th- for a lot of people. Yeah. So you and can't, I think people one day. Don't just leave. People, it, it takes well, yeah. several times. People go back. Well, they say it takes around nine times, actually, yeah. even though the research is saying seven, is saying it's so, about nine to 12 times before a victim can leave but not just that you know one day I will be able to share my own personal story but in in a real short nugget of 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 me leaving was very circumstantial it was a bunch of things that all worked together to help me just step away and and I think some people leave abruptly I think other, you know, abruptly meaning like something significant happens and they feel a betrayal or they might flip that switch. I know I talked about this in a previous thing about we have snap judgments and it's not till a few years later we realise what actually yeah. went on. I think yeah. a lot of people walk away in a crisis themselves and, and their world falling apart. But I think I was one of those people who started chipping away at what do I really believe and and really being honest with myself of, do I really agree with this? And I started validating what I believed rather than what was, what was I told and, and less listening less to the voice of what was con- my conditioning and more about actually what is important to me. And so many of the values and the actions of people in that church and that were, were around me 
didn't align with who I was anymore. You know, and that's not even talking about my philosophy or thinking about my own spiritual beliefs or anything. It was just about are people treating with dignity? Are people loved unconditionally? Like the basic pieces of the Bible is love God with all your heart and love your neighbour. So, I mean, universal truth being unconditional love, no man on earth that believes and, and prays to on any other god or if they pray to nature or they pray to nobody won't disagree with that <laughs> so where have we gone wrong here because we're not showing an unconditional loving environment i believe we should be held accountable to things and behaviors and and things that are morally wrong but again on, on whose morals i mean if you're gonna preach to the ends of the earth and claim god you know and one way jesus everywhere and start up a transnational business and make millions of dollars based on this particular theology hell no you cannot be unfaithful to your wife and do things in hiding and cover up and use people around you on your own board and and allow nepotism to continue and to continue i mean we're 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 at the end of those days you know yep you know kingdoms aren't really here on earth anymore (laughs) It's a new age. Uh, it's a, I don't know. It's just. I made this reel and it took me like two hours. I wanted to have an episode called The Moment I Knew where people do have, like you talked about, you know, a moment where everything kind of falls apart because they just see something or something happens where they just go, no, I can't do this anymore. And I'll, you know, if people can um, get in touch with a five minute recording, that would be really cool. I wanted to do a group of them for an episode because yep. it does I think that sounds great a time yeah just need a few I've got a couple I think yeah. there'll be I think there'll be a whole range of yeah experiences people would have at the moment they knew for me the thing that broke my heart and and especially when I was still involved and and I was always really trying to be myself, even within the organization. I was still trying to love unconditionally. And I, and I knew people were telling me they were feeling cast out and cut off after leaving or not being there anymore. It, some people, a lot of people would tell me that it wasn't really a moment that they left. It was just, it just kind of slowly occurred and they were no longer being seen. And then people would see them like, where have you been? But I, I remember one time walking down, you know, the red light district in Sydney and I pop out of this really beautiful piano venue and and right at the foot of the door and onto the street, there was this young guy who had left, you know, youth ministry a a couple years early. He had graduated. He wasn't chosen as the leader to go to any of the other youth age groups. So he now has lost his place within Hillsong. And this was a very massive problem that was occurring. They weren't having their congregation continue beyond into young adult land because they weren't given a a, a job or role within ministry right after school finished. And we all know you go on schoolies week and you party and you graduate school and then you go on to uni or study or work or have a gap year. So everyone does split up. But I remember him looking at me like it was like a deer in headlights and I thought, you know, he was just so scared. Like, firstly, why am I, why is he seeing me here? And I, you know, he's probably thinking what's going on in both our minds. And I just loved on him, you know, like I didn't even mention like, Hey, nice to see you. I hope you have a good night. That was it. Not just, 
but I just hated the feeling that it was like I was attached to the organization and it was almost like I'm now the investigator and I'm going to feed this information back, you know, like also, I mean, he could have said the same about me. He could have said, why as a leader in the city? But like I tell you, the city congregation had a lot more leeway than us hills folk did it'd be like why are you driving why are you getting on a night rider bus that takes an hour to go down the m2 to get to the city just to go and have a bit of a drink and party but yeah very very interesting stuff there was a lot of shame a lot of judgment and i believe that is one of the main catalysts of control and power that they exert on others that fear Yeah, I just think it's really, you know, that's what scares people the most is what will my life be without this place or can I re, can I change the way I relate to this place? So instead of it being the only place that I get my community, my friendship, my faith being warded or whatever you want to say, I find other ways to find friends and start stepping away socially so that it's not like I'm completely losing absolutely everything in my life. You yeah. know, I had yeah. a career outside of church. I I had friends that I'd build. I joined a sport team outside of church and, and people who weren't in church too because it was easy to find all your friends through there and hang out with them on the weekends. Like yeah. I just started creating a bigger circle. And I think that made things easier over time. And instead of being the number one thing in my life, it became fifth or sixth in the priorities. And as well, knowing and just being able now to see with more perspective, every time I walked in there and I had an interaction or a non-interaction with somebody I knew for 10 plus years, I thought, wow, you must not think much of me because I can't do anything for you. You know, I'm no longer rostering you into an opportunity I'm no longer standing on a stage somewhere and you notice me. I'm now in the background and I'm now behind the curtains and now you don't have a single reason to say hi. And that's what made me really realise that this ain't about anything other than building something that somebody needs from you at a certain point in time. They don't care about your bloody morals or that you drink a glass of wine on the weekends or party, or you're a DJ, or you're a musician, you know, like, they don't care. (laughs) You know, this is about something that's much, much bigger than just one person. And that's partly what Brian's copying at the moment, and Bobby, that this is actually bigger than them. They've created a beast that, and and at some point, there are people that they've been raising, who, who at some point will take their place and easily keep this train going. It's Frankenstein and the monster, isn't it? Yep, totally. And that's where we got cut off for the last time. And we took a little break and Grace went to see the sunset and that kind of wound up our conversation for now. As I've mentioned to you, there's some there's a range of material coming up and some of it's going to be a little bit intense, so... I'm glad you were here for this conversation to catch up and uh, get back to where we were. Thank you, as always, for all your kind, kind support, um, messages, comments, all kinds of things. It is so, so valued. A lot of this is brand new for a lot of us. And, yeah, all of your feedback matters. So 
please stay in touch. Please like, subscribe, share, follow, all those kinds of things and support however you can. This is a group effort. This is a community effort, uh, you know, to get through these unexpected challenges. So please take care of each other and please take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. A shout out to Kimberly for her amazing support and just quickly to look at the stats in the United States, our number one listener, um, California and Texas and Tennessee are really battling it out for the top three. Then I've got Illinois, Georgia, Washington, Wisconsin, Colorado, Michigan and New York. We have got such a great mix of people in this conversation. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, don't forget to represent your state. You can support this work by dropping by Patreon or PayPal or any way you like. But do please continue to let us know what you think of the pod and what you might be interested in discussing in the future. Today is Friday the 13th of May. I hope it's been a fantastic day for you. Got an exciting interview with Rich McHugh, Ronan Farrow's producer on the Weinstein Exposé on Sunday night the 15th. Don't miss it. Until then, keep leaving Hillsong. We'll talk Sunday night. Bye. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.